welcome back to the Send It Podcast. This is episode six, and I'm your host, Chloe Smith. Today, I have a good friend on the show. Michael and I have been working together this last year, doing video and photography work for companies and private individuals. I'm so stoked for him to get to share some of the story about digital nomads, and I hope that you enjoy. All right, so I am Michael Weideman, and I am from Oklahoma City, and I am a photographer. And we work together for a while. We still kind of feel. Yeah, we still do. We have one more wedding. One more wedding. One more wedding. Yeah. But we work together on Scissor Tell Stories, and did mainly weddings and commercial work. Yeah. And you do travel photography? I do do travel photography, yes. <laughs> and what's your favorite trip you've gotten to do through that? I think my favorite trip that I've done through work has been this last trip because I got to photograph some amazing couples in like Tahoe and Joshua Tree. Yeah. But before I got lit semi-legit with that. I think my favorite trip was definitely last spring, the one we were talking about. So the first big trip I took, the one where I was more, I guess, let's just go for it, was this past spring, and I went through Colorado, Utah, took a detour in Arizona to get my wisdom teeth removed, because that's where my mom lives, and you gotta have your mama take care of you. And then I spent a few weeks in San Diego, Southern California, then I went up to Yosemite, Tahoe, and then came home. Nice. So it was a six-week trip, and definitely the more ambitious trip I've taken. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, we, we talked about this, but people, like, romanticize this idea of, I'm going <laughs> to set off and I'm going to do this, like, yeah. road trip, but you actually did it, and you hadn't really done something so much like that before. Yeah. Before that, I would do, like, week-long trips where it'd maybe be, like, a night or two in my car. Yeah. And, because my family's just, like, across the country. And yeah. so I've been doing that for a few years. But this was definitely, like I said, the most ambitious. Like, it was, mm-hmm. I don't know, a good chunk of that was in my car. Yeah. And took me to places I haven't been before. So it was, like, definitely pushing my comfort zone. And, yeah. yeah. So what was it like doing the whole, like, car camping, finding a place to sleep, <laughs> that whole thing? Um, this one, that time was, it actually worked out pretty well. I've been really fortunate to have the Santa Fe, which is just long enough for me to sleep in the back with the seats down. Um, I'm not adventurous enough. I didn't bring a stove or anything, so I can't pretend to be like a hardcore camper. But as far as just being able to go where I want to go and not have to worry about getting a hotel or, um, sometimes even getting a camping spot, it's just like, okay, here's a spot where I can pull over. Here's a rest area. And. It saved me a lot of money, um, but it was good. I think once you're in it, it's like you just you just kind of adapt, you know. Yeah. It's like I mean I think you probably could relate going mm-hmm. to India. It's like wherever you are, you just learn to adapt and make the most yeah. of it. So on those kind of trips, you're gonna spend a lot of time alone. So mm-hmm. what was a moment when you were alone that you were like, man, this is so cool? The first night, um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna drive to the Great Sand Dunes in Colorado, which is probably 12 hours away. But the weather was pretty bad, so I didn't get there until it was dark out. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting there and seeing signs saying the campsites were closed, which is originally I was just gonna pull in, you know, pay the little fee and yeah. just park somewhere in camp. And so I ended up driving up this like really steep, rocky dirt road on public lands that's not paved. Mm-hmm. And it was icy out, and I remember, and I don't have a four-wheel, I don't have a four-wheel drive car, and so I remember it was like this panic moment, and I kept on climbing, I was calling my dad, and I was like freaking out, you know, 
And uh, he's like, all right, just pull over. Like, no one's going to get you in trouble. Like, there's no one out there, obviously. Just pull yeah. over and just stay the night. Make sure you're on flat ground. And in the morning, just see where you're at and go from there. Yeah. And so um, I, sl- I just hopped in the back of my car and slept. That was the first night. And I remember waking up, and I had the most amazing view of the gray sand dunes and the mountains behind it. I was, like, on this little, like, kind of um, just, like, a little outcrop. And just was this huge expanse in front of me. And so I got to see the sunrise over the mountains. And I think that was the moment that kind of set the whole trip off where it was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Like, it's like really scary. You know, the night before I was panicking, I was like unknown, but it led to this amazing experience. There's this cool concept of digital nomads. And you kind of did that on that trip. You were shooting and editing yeah. and stuff in coffee shops. So how yeah. did that kind of work? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm like the prime example of this, but it was a fun attempt. So what I did a lot was when you camp, you camp at night, you get sunset, you sleep in your car, and you're usually up for sunrise. So you have like the two best times of the day for shooting, and you end up in these really cool spots, and you make sure you're there by sunset. And then you drive for like two or three hours each day. And then you go and, because you're going to need to like charge your cell phone and laptop and edit. So you go to like, for me it was like a lot of Starbucks. They had, <laughs> they had a promotion where it was like $5 to get a coffee and like a sandwich. And that was my jam for yeah. like the six weeks. So, you know, I was like, after I packed up and I, the sun was coming out, I was done photographing. I was like, all right, where's the nearest Starbucks on my way? And yeah. then I would just go there and map out the next spot. And you went through Slab City. Yeah, that was a random little day trip I took. Yeah. That ended up in something really cool. So, so tell me about that. Um, I was staying in San Diego, and uh, I was staying with some some random people I met. It's like a band that came through Oklahoma City. Really? And so I showed them around Oklahoma City with a friend of mine. Yeah. And we were, like, really tired. And they're like, hey, if you ever come to San Diego, like, hit us up. So I went out there, and uh, it was kind of a strange week. Like, I kind of asked if I could stay there, and I could tell like I was overextending my stay a little bit, yeah. so I decided to head out. So I went to Slab City, and I was like, you know, I don't know, just go check it out, because I've been, I've been there before and saw yeah. Salvation Mountain, yeah. but um, that time around, I decided, like, hey, I'm going to go in further, because Salvation Mountain's kind of on the outskirts, yeah. like, it's a touristy spot. Mm-hmm. So I went in to the other, like, art galleries I had, mm-hmm. and I got to kind of meet, like, some of the residents and stuff, and yeah. so... I ended up having, like, these really random conversations with these people that have been, you know, living there for a while, and it's, like, a whole different way of life from anything you're ever going to experience, you know? It's, like, people that are choosing to live off the grid, essentially, Mm -hmm. in this random desert on the former marine base, and so um, I did that, and then I decided, like, hey, these people, like, seem pretty chill. I want to stay the night here, because what else do you get to do that in my life? So I did, and uh, I was definitely, like, kind of nervous, you know? Because yeah. it's like... You know, sort of sketch. Yeah, there's, there's like, a lot of, I guess, um, stereotypes you build up in your head. You have ingrained yeah. in you. But I uh, kept on hearing music. And so I went and scouted out, and I have, like, concert night, like, once a week yes. out there. And so I got to go and just brought my chair out. I had, like, a little pop-out chair and hung out with them for <laughs> probably, like, an hour just listening to music. and. That was really cool. Yeah. What was, like, the most interesting story you heard there? Um, the one guy I got to talk to, uh, which, yeah, I feel like this was a staple piece of the of the trip, essentially, yeah. was I got to talk to a guy named Wizard, who uh, 
he had a really long beard. He was older, a long gray beard uh, that had like it was like wine stains on it. it was, and he had like a like a little um, what's it called? A chalice. Yeah. 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 He was holding a chalice that had red wine in it, and he was holding like this wooden carved staff that he like looked handmade. And he called himself Wizard, and so I started chatting with him, and it was just like this most random guy who he says he spends like six months with his he has like a wife and family in Vietnam and then he spends six months in Slab City in the winter and that's just his life and so we're talking start talking about kind of traveling and kind of being a little nomadic like I can't say I'm that level but you know I was like sleeping in my car so I had something to relate on and told me about like teaching English over there and like how you could kind of get away with just like living that nomadic lifestyle like little tricks to it and stuff and and then like at the end um forgot what led to it but it was like you know if you're not doing something that's scaring you like you're doing life wrong (laughs) but yeah I think that's like the cool part of those trips is you just go out there you're underprepared and you learn as you go and you adapt you know you gotta just do it because (laughs) Like, it's one thing to brand yourself as, like, a traveling photographer, but if you're not, like, posting content that's relatable to what you're wanting to do from those places, then it's, like, no one's going to really take you seriously at it. I'm not saying I'm doing this well. I don't think I am. But I think I lowered my standards a lot and my expectations, and I just went for it, and it's, like, you know... It's not like all like a paid pretty vacation in like the Alaskan mountains. Sometimes yeah. it's like you gotta save up, pick up some extra shifts at a job you're not necessarily stoked about. But you just gotta like figure out what can you sacrifice to get there and just like really, really push for it. I was car camping, so it's not like the most glamorous thing ever, you know? It wasn't like a cool Land Rover like you see on Instagram. It was like my boring car. I didn't do anything fancy. But it's like you gotta learn how to, like I said, just lower your expectations, and figure out what you want, and how can you sacrifice to get to that goal, and go for it. So where can people follow you when they put you up with your stuff? They can follow me on Instagram, and it's just Michael and also on Scissor Tail Stories, and you can see both work that me and Chloe have done over the past year, and so we're still stoked about that. Thanks for listening, guys. I just want to give a quick shout out to an amazing company that is helping sponsor my PCT through hike called Peak Sherpa. Sherpa products are made with Sampa, which is a sprouted and roasted barley that is a staple of the Himalayan region. Sampa is super great for backpacking as it can be cold soaked or cooked, which is going to be super crucial since I'm not taking a stove on this trip and it will be cold soaking everything. It's super high in vitamins, minerals, and fiber, making it an awesome food to fuel hiking. One thing I love about this company, besides the fact that they are organic and non-GMO, is that they donate a percentage of their revenue towards efforts to bring awareness to labor injustices, helping the families of Sherpa climbers who are killed or injured in guiding and climbing accidents, as well as providing support and relief for those affected by earthquakes in the Sherpa regions. Sherpas are some of the most incredible athletes that we have on this planet, and I'm super thankful for companies like this one who are supporting these amazing people. I love what Peak Sherpa is doing and what they are about, and I'm super excited to be partnering with them. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Tune in next week for the Send It Podcast.